Welcome to the Save Your Marriage podcast, dedicated to all the spouses out there who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages. Here, we give you tools, perspectives, and insight into how to save your marriage and have a thriving marriage. This podcast is sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. And now, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. I want to make a quick clarification. This podcast was originally started to help men. But thanks to all you listeners out there, it has received mass appeal from both men and women. So if you hear only references to wives, know that everything I talk about applies for both husbands and wives, men and women. That said, I want to invite all the men and women out there to book a private complimentary call with me. We will talk about your particular situation in private and give you lots of guidance and put you on the path to restoring and saving your marriage. Just go to www.fortifiedspouse.call. That's C-A-L-L. So today I want to talk about some words, and those words are compared to other words. I want to talk about three relationship killers today, and then I want to talk about three relationship nurturers. Uh, There's three words to remember on each side, and as you notice those words, you can use them as a framework understanding and looking at how you're doing along the way, how things are going along the way. So let's talk about those relationship killers. The number one relationship killer I want to talk about today is control. And it's one that we've talked about many, many times in the past uh, throughout my podcast, right? Control is one of those pieces where you know it really is about wanting to be right. Now, let me distinguish control from some something else, which is Role, right? There's a difference between controlling and having a role, right? Control and a role are not the same thing. So, for instance, you may be the person who's in charge of the money at your house, or you may be the person who's in charge of kind of making sure that all the paperwork for the kids is signed or something to that extent. Maybe you're even somebody in the family that takes care of, you know, the trip or vacation just because that's your natural role and naturally what you like to do. That's not what we're talking about here in terms of control. When I'm talking about control, I'm talking about that place where you, you know, it's your way that has to be there, right? It's your way or the highway. It's your way or there's going to be hell to pay. And that's where control comes in as a destructive way because it takes away the ability for somebody else to be a part of the relationship. When somebody's really at a controlling place in life, the other person has no room. There's no room for the other person have an opinion. There's no room for the other person to take action unless it's been assigned and there's no room for the other person to have any sense of self. And that's what happened in a controlled relationship. And I'm not talking about somebody, you know, is out there trying to, you know, control your actions and reactions in the rest of the world where there are people who are out there and we call them psychopaths, right? Who tend to be the ultimate in controlling, right? They make sure that uh, you only do this and you only do that no matter where you are. And we see these images in the news, you know, somebody's kidnapped somebody and they won't let them contact their family or they become abusive. So that's one layer and that certainly is an issue, but that's that's a non-starter for me. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not what I'm talking about here because if that is a relationship that you are in, that is not one you want to work on. You need to exit that relationship. 
What I'm really talking about is the control in life where somebody says, yes, do it my way because my way is the right way. I have the best way or I don't want it going another way. So let me tell you a little bit of, of a way that you might look at and say, am I the controller or perhaps am I at the place of having giving up control? Those are two different roles. And one way is to think, you know, are you OK with different approaches to things? For instance, do you have the only way that housework could be done or the only way that bills can be paid or the only way that the kids can be parented or the only way that bedtime can happen or the only way that sex can happen or the only way that money can be addressed? If there's the only way, there's a problem because there's, there are multiple ways for any of those things. And what you notice is that sometimes you're at the other end where you have no control over those pieces. You realize that you have handed that over and you may be carrying out your spouse's desires, but you're not contributing to the process. So what we're talking about here is a place of control in life where you basically say, you know, I'm going to have it my way. Now, this takes a bit of self-awareness to look and say, yes, you know, I tend to be a controlling person. What I hear from people who are in that controlling place they often say, well, you know, I'm a perfectionist, so I'm the one who has to have it done that way. You know, my spouse really doesn't step up, so I'm the one who makes these choices. And in reality, let me tell you what's really behind control and really about behind the place of not having any sense of control, uh, of having abdicated that control. And that's fear. Fear is what causes us to try to control things because we don't want to be caught off guard. And so we step into a controlling place if that is your tendency or you let go of control so that somebody else has to take responsibility in a marriage. So it's about two people coming together and joining together and sharing the process, not about one. Having all the say and all of the opinion and all of the right answers. If you can sense that you're in a place where you say, wow, I've been a controlling person or wow, I've allowed all the control to go to the other person, it's time to recognize that you've eliminated one person in that process. Okay, so relationship killer number two, and that is contempt. What I notice is that contempt is that place where you begin to be hostile towards the other person, and maybe it starts with control, but maybe it starts somewhere else that over time you have a negative opinion about everything that your spouse does. And over time you have those places where out, you know, drips criticism and critique. And the only way that you have any connection together is when you're being critical. And so that all of those places are about contempt. All of those angles are about contempt. Contempt is destructive to the relationship because you're basically saying, I don't like you. I don't like how you are in this world. I don't like these elements of you. And contempt ends up being something that grows and grows and grows. It's not just that I don't like how you behave in this situation. It's really in all situations. Contempt is one of those very dangerous elements of a relationship. If you're aware of feeling contempt for your spouse or feeling that your spouse has contempt for you, Recognize that that is a killer of the relationship. Now, right behind contempt is condensation. Now, condensation is that place of going, you know, I will listen to you and I will act as if I'm listening to you. 
and I'm going to do my own thing, and that's because my way is superior. Now, let's be clear. There is a little piece of all of us that believes that we are right. And the reason I say that is because if you believe you were not right, you would change who you were and you were and what you were thinking. And that's just nature of life. And so whatever you're thinking, you believe is right. So here's the problem. All of us have blind spots. All of us have places where we don't have a full view. And sometimes when we have decided we have the right view, we're condescending towards the other's opinions. And so sometimes you can feel condescended upon as well. And sometimes you can feel like you're condescending. But when you're looking down on somebody, you feel like you're being looked down upon. Recognize that part of what's that's robbing from the relationship is a place of equality, a place of standing together, a place of saying, we're in this together. We are a team. It's not a team stack, right? It's not that there is a CEO and the you know the working bees. It's that you have two people who are joining together to find the way through life. And there is no place in that process. There's no place in that team for contempt, for control or condescension. So then what do you bring in a relationship that are relationship nurturers that actually help a relationship? Well, I want to talk about three as well. One of those is connection. Connection is that place where you feel like that other person uh, is with you and the other person feels like you're with them. And there is this place where we're walking together. And I would say that there are these areas. I talked about this at length in many of my previous episodes of this podcast, but there's three places of connection, right? And they are emotional, physical, and spiritual, right? Physical connection, it's easy to understand. It's when you we touch each other, you know, where it's a hug or a kiss or holding hands or armor on the back or just rubbing or soothing um, when something is hurting or even intimacy and sex. All of that is about the physical. Now, emotional connection is that place of feeling supported and feeling of supporting the other person in the emotional struggles of life. When somebody's had a hard day at work, talking about that hard day. When somebody's having a tough day with the kids, talking about that tough day with the kids. When you're dealing with the emotional stuff of life and feeling like you're in each other's corners. And spiritual connection is when you're sharing your hopes, your aspirations. When you're talking about where you want to go, you know, the big things, the things that you fear, the things that you believe in. The, the, the tender moments of sharing those intimate thoughts that you have that maybe nobody else knows, right? That maybe you talk about, you know, those polit- you know, politics out there or your religious or spiritual beliefs where you talk about things you're hoping for most and you support each other in around those things. That's connection. So connection is part of what takes away from the need to have that control. It also takes away from that feeling of contempt, because if you're connected, the contempt falls away. But if you're connected, you're seeing that really neat things about your spouse that you might have missed in the midst of that contempt. So then how do you get to that place of connection? Well, communication, communication is verbal and nonverbal. We often think about just the verbal part, but communication is that verbal part where you're, you know, you talk to each other, Do you do it with respect? Do you do it with care? Do you do it with concern? Do you communicate in tones that are supportive of the other person? You know, yelling and being downgrading, degrading and condescending, those 
That's a communication, but it's a negative communication. We're talking about positive communication. So what's positive nonverbal communication? When you're talking with your spouse or when your spouse is talking, do you give them full attention? Do you listen intently? Do you turn towards them? Do you see them in the eyes? Do you act like you're glad to see them? Do you respond or do you stand there and kind of ignore them? Do you stand there and refuse to embrace them? There are two ways you can respond, non-verbally as being open and accepting or closed and rejecting. So positive communication can help move a process forward. And remember one thing, communication, 70% of it is non-verbal. 30% of it is verbal. In fact, positive communication, uh, and while it, it is overrated in counseling and marital therapy, is certainly an essential part of a pattern of a healthy couple. That when a couple is not communicating, that they have a hard time of staying away from those places of contempt. Usually contempt grows when the connection falls away and the communication turns south. Likewise, when we work on the communication and we work on the connection, it ends up growing, which is where we also bring in the point of comfort. That relationship is nurtured by comfort when somebody is comforting when there's pain, when a couple finds a place of comfort in each other when they can support each other. You see, I think marriages do a pretty good job in the high times when things are going well, when there's no challenges. Most people kind of walk through life and they miss some opportunities for building the connection. But the struggles come when there are low points and somebody doesn't feel comforted when somebody doesn't feel the connection, when somebody doesn't feel that the communication is pulling them in a positive way. So comfort comes in two different layers. One layer of comfort is when you try to comfort somebody who's in pain. The other layer of comfort is when you're comfortable in each other's presence. Are you comfortable sharing with each other? Are you comfortable assuming that the other person is on your side? Are you comfortable with taking in what the other person is saying you see, when you get to that control place, maybe your spouse is something to you that you don't like and you might respond out of discomfort rather than saying, you know, they have a point. It is something that they do believe. They have as much a right to what they say and what they feel and what they believe as I do. And that brings us to a common place of comfort. So let's go through these very quickly. You've got relationship killers that are trying to control or being controlled. And either one arose and give up responsibility. So if you're trying to control the situation or if you are abdicate control, you're putting your relationship at risk. So if it's about control or if it's about contempt, just dislike for the other person and an unwillingness to see that the other person as a human being with really cool traits. And then there's condescension. When you, you know, take the next step and decide that you know the better way and that your spouse doesn't really need an opinion, and you block that out. As opposed to the relationship nurturers of connection, of building that place of being on a team together, standing side by side and working together and coming together in that spiritual connection and the physical connection and the emotional connection. And you do that by communication. The positive communication, both in verbal ways and nonverbal ways. And finally, do you find a place of comfort where in the difficult times, you comfort each other, and in kind of the more enjoyable times, 
you're comfortable with each other. Those are the elements that I want to put out as easy to remember. The killers, control, contempt, and condescension. The nurturers are connection, communication, and comfort. So take some time and think about how you rate yourself in each of those categories. And this is not about rating your spouse. But you might want to look at where your relationship is and where you are. Whether you're contributing to the killers of control, of contempt, and condensation, or are you working on the relationship nurturers of connection, communication, and comfort? If you find yourself needing to make a change, remember that the starting point is changing your view of the relationship and your view of your spouse of working to bring yourself into that. Those are the places that you begin that process. Thank you for listening. If you are hurting, if you are lost, if you are in despair, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond when my spouse is being toxic? How do I respond when my spouse is stonewalling me? I don't know what to do. My spouse doesn't love me anymore. I don't know what to do. My spouse is cheating on me. My spouse wants a separation or a divorce. I don't know what to do. We can help you find those answers and give you those tools to learn how to stabilize the marriage how to postpone and delay the divorce or separation or win your spouse back from an affair so you can work on yourself and gain the tools to become the man or woman, wife or husband that you should have always been and want to be, which has the highest probability of saving your marriage because it offers your spouse a new path, a new relationship that they cannot see right now. And I invite you to take part in the Fortified Spouse program. Go to www.fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. The program is going to change your life and it has the highest probability of saving your marriage. You have been listening to the Save Your Marriage podcast for men and women. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.